Monday nights. Up late. Broadcasting from stolen land. Satellite skies. Satellite skies. Satellite skies. Highlighting DIY and autonomous politics music and subculture with a different theme each week. Hello and welcome to Writing Home. It's Monday the 27th of February, it's 11pm on my clock, and you are listening to Satellite Skies on 3CR 855am. Tonight, I, Madhvi, will be introducing you to Writing Home, a once-in-four-week rotating segment under Satellite Skies. This and every following segment will be recorded on Virunjari Vivarun Country. We pay our respects to the traditional owners of this land and waterways, the Wurundjeri Vivarung people, as well as their elders, past, present and emerging. Writing home is about writers who have more than one home, many homes, and are realizing so many more. Once a month at Writing Home, Aymadvi will be sharing space with migrant writers of colour, discussing their unique but collective writing processes, navigating home, Life and love. I sing in languages I cannot speak, a web of overlapping tongues, tantalizing threads of different textures spun from the same source. I sing in Bhasha, Boli, Zaban, all sprung from the same soil, carrying the same ache. I sing of Data, Dastagir, Peer, Guide, font of spirit and marrow-deep desire, path to Vajth, where all language is one. I sing bells around a camel's throat, sounding as seekers sing, beating begging bowls in time to their dachis' rolling steps. I sing of broken shackles of leaving the overripened plains for the dunes. I sing of devotion, renunciation so sweet the burning sands turn supplicant. I sing my hands aching for dolki, my feet for dancing bells, golden kungru to sound each step, the song circling back to the beginning where the peer was always waiting. Nadia Niaz is the founder and editor of the Australian Multilingual Writing Project, an online journal publishing creative work that weaves together multiple languages. Her poetry has appeared in Rabbit, Not Very Quiet, Peril, and other national and international publications. Nadia received her PhD in Creative Writing and Cultural Studies from the University of Melbourne and has taught creative writing to everyone from preschoolers to postgraduates. Her creative and academic work explores multilingual creative expression, the practicalities and politics of translation, language use among third culture kids, and other globally mobile cohorts. 
and the idea of belonging in multiple contexts. She has been a Wheeler Center Fellow and a member of the West Writers Group, has worked collaboratively with visual artists to produce original work, and has been a commissioned poet for the School of Anatomy, University of Melbourne's Body Donation Program's annual Thanksgiving service. She is committed to creating opportunities for emerging writers in Australia. When she is not working with words, she is usually lifting heavy things or dancing. I'm very happy that Nadia is my first guest for Writing Home. I met Nadia at University of Melbourne, uh, where I was going through a very confusing time of disappointment in education and teachers and institutions and also side by side going through a time of a lack of confidence as a writer, as a person, as an Indian, as whatnot. Um, and yeah, I don't want to go into all the details of what I felt being in those institutions because it's pretty known, like University of Melbourne's it's built for a certain people. It's not built for me. Just like so many spaces, I won't even say University of Melbourne selectively, but so many spaces. What really makes me angry, and I try not to get angry, uh, is that some people really have the privilege to just be. Just like, just be. And then rest of us are just always keeping up and with the norms. And yeah, we're never perfect. And... We are always trying to change ourselves, amend ourselves, alienate ourselves from our own selves and our cultures because breathing in these spaces, they sort of only teach you to not be yourself, to not embrace your stories, to not embrace your culture. And yeah, that's what racist systems do to you. That's what systems of any kind do to you, really. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to get much into it. Nadia is my teacher. And I think Nadia will always be my teacher. Even being in the studio, I naturally was in that role of a shisha or a student in our culture, the cultures that Nadia and I come from. Um, your guru, your teacher... Um, is of a lot of value. We really value the relationship between a teacher and a guru. And there's a lot of that in our conversations. Um, but yeah, without much ado, I will invite you to listen to What You Seek is Seeking You with Nadia Niaz. Name Spatial Crossings. Spatial Crossings. That was our, <sighs> that was our particular um, stream within the subject. It yeah, yeah and yeah I feel like that and the whole class was like that like I remember um, you know all of us and all the exercises and questions like mm. it's so fresh in my mind because it was so interactive and that pretty much reflects how how I felt mm. studying your subject like yeah. with you and all of that you know in your presence um but yeah, really interesting. Like uh, even the lecture, I feel like your words were some something like what does home smell like? Mm. What does home look like? And and yeah, also understanding writing in the way where it's it is spatial. Like most of these experiences are so spatial and the feeling of home because home for me is so many things. Home is definitely, you know, like the mountains 
And it's funny because I see the mountains as my home. Mm-hmm. My town, there's some sort of a distance there. Mm-hmm. But then the mountains, like I'm like, oh my God, mountains. And there's yes. like going back from here. And then there's that point when I start seeing all the peaks. And that's just, oh, it's so fresh. Oh, and I just got chills. <laughs> I, because I feel the same way about mountains. It's just, it's, it's, and, and you're right, it's the landscape that makes you think of home even more so than the actual specific loca- location. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've, you know, I'm, I, my, I'm from, I suppose, if you know, I'm from anywhere, I'm from Islamabad, which is in the foothills of the Himalayas. So there's just, you, I, I always know where I am because I can see the mountains. Mm. So you can always orient yourself. Um, I, I finished high school in Kathmandu. I um, spent some time in Geneva as a child, and so we went to the Alps, and you know I've been to Mont Blanc and the others, um, and and over here, even though it's Australia is relatively flat compared to where we come from, but it's still I love the landscape mm. and I love the rolling uh, aspect of of um, particularly the 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 Dandenong ranges, and um, there's a place here called Warburton just up just up in the mountains, yep, and right. I love it. It is it is just that mix of all the different places that I've been plus its own thing yeah. like you've got the mountains you've got the, the 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 particular kind of vegetation you've got the river just there I finished yeah. my PhD thesis up there yep. I used to I took three days and sat on the banks of the Yarra yep. and just wrote wow. and edited yeah so so it's a very special place but because it's mountains and there's this point like if you take the train on the Lilydale line there's a point where the train curves and you can see this like purple line and I just, it just, I, I relax when I yep. see that. Yeah. So yeah, I understand what you mean about like that feeling of mountains. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Oof. yeah, mm. yeah. And even as a student and as a writer, being, I think one of the exercises was to pick a tree. Yes. And you visit the tree, you know, like every day or whenever you want and relating to that tree, communicating to that tree. Mm. And same with like the mountains part where it's like, yeah, all these little symbolisms. Mm. And for you, like sitting beside the Yara and, you know, writing and how that serves so much. It's it's interesting, like just the memory. And yeah, before uh, we started recording, like talking about your relationship to like French, mm. by the way, like let's just like Nadia, mm. how many languages do you speak? Speak. I'm fluent in three. Mm. So I speak English, Urdu and French. And yep. I'm what's called a simultaneous uh, trilingual, which means I learned all three at the same time. Oh, Wow. Oh my God! Wow! <laughs> At the same time, yeah, because my mother speaks uh, five languages. Well, she's now six now, but she's she's when when I was born, she spoke five, and she loved French. Right. So she used to speak to me in French, and both my parents speak Urdu and English. So yep. there's that. They also speak to each other in Turkish, so which they never taught us. Yeah. But which I feel like I can understand when they speak because I understand them, not because I understand Turkish. Yeah. You know, like I know what they're saying, but if someone else speaks Turkish, I'm like, oh, I have no idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but I have the cadence of Turkish because so when I went to Turkey, apparently, and I kept saying I don't speak Turkish, people would turn around and say, but but you can. Yeah. <laughs> you sound like you can. I'm like, yeah, I sound like it. I don't actually. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. But I understand. But because of those three languages and because of growing up with so many other languages around me, I've I've. I can understand or get 
find my way into other languages. I'm not, I don't speak them by mm. any means, but I do, I, I understand them. Yeah. Or I can read them or I can figure out what's happening. For sure, yeah. for sure. And your name, Nadia? Mm. Like, yeah, what's... <laughs> well, it wasn't Nadia to begin with. Apparently it was Tasha to begin with. And then that was, um, that wasn't Muslim enough. And so they gave me the name Hadia. Yeah. Which apparently they decided that they didn't like because it just, um, I, I think someone said that it was a bad name for me. It was an unlucky name, which is good because it's not my favorite name. And then their compromise was Nadia because it's a French name, but it works in um, Urdu and Hindi and our languages as well. And it's a very popular name for that era because mm. when I, I went back to um, do my undergrad in Pakistan um, and there were 33 other Nadias in a class of about 300. Whoa. So there was a lot. Nadia. Yeah, so Nadia, Sara and Aisha are the two like big names, mm. the three big names for, yeah. Oh, yeah, Sara definitely, yeah. and Aisha, mm. yeah. But Nadia's beautiful, I love the sound, the oh. da, like I love the da, yeah. well, Nadia. I'm, I'm, it's really nice to hear you say my name like that because it doesn't get said like that here. Oh yeah, yeah that's. This, like I have three different, and the thing is like I have, I. I have three different pronunciations and I don't think any of them is wrong. It's just every everyone is slightly, is oriented slightly differently. Mm, and like uh, uh, three different pronunciation in like three different languages? Yeah. So in French, it's not Nadia, it's Nadia. Mm-hmm. And in English, it's Nadia. Mm-hmm. So there's a, those are different aspects. Yeah. I, yeah. I respond differently to each uh, name. Yeah. Yeah, do you think your response is different or do you think your response, like you do respond to all different languages, mm. like all different pronunciations? I think, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's, it's, it's like the first response that comes to, that, that sort of emerges almost, almost instinctively when I hear the different pronunciations of my name. Mm-hmm. So I, I was waiting to take a cab back one day um, and it was dark and... Um, uh, my my friend opened the door and this male voice said Nadia mm-hmm. and I responded immediately G mm, <laughs> because oh. obviously because he said it in Urdu um, and I mean it was kind of weird to do that but you know yeah. or like if if um, like there the, there are some people here who pronounce my name the French way and so whenever they do that it kind of jolts me into this other mindset because I don't usually speak French with other people here it's a very personal language yeah. in a way so um, but when I hear that, it's just, I, there's this moment of like, what, wait, what, where am I? Yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, the, the usual pronunciation here, like the, the default pronunciation is, is Nadia. So that's, mm. that's fine as oh, well. Yeah. yeah. Oof. I have a hard time with my name of God. Yeah, I can imagine. It's so... How, 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 what's the worst pronunciation you've gotten? Oh my God, like I usually introduce myself and I'll be like, Hi, I'm Advi. And people hear it Marjorie. Oh, which okay, is, yeah. Yeah, mm. and it's interesting because either it's like Madvi or it's like Marjorie, uh, which is really funny. Marjorie, um, I would call you Marjorie. <laughs> oh my God, Marjorie, oh my God. And that's usually when I say it. So I think maybe uh, people, yeah. like like everyone listening, the DH, the dho, you know. Mm. And it's also interesting because uh, sometimes people can say it well, but the way they write my name is M-A-H-D-V-I, ah. which is, yeah. 
Yeah. Ah, but that makes sense because the the sound doesn't exist in in, in English. The the that's that's very particular. That's very particular to us. Yeah, might um, be. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah. I hope I don't forget because it's yeah. It's funny having friends who, you know, have an Indian name and they shorten it or they give themselves mm. a nickname and that's so fine. Like I'm like yeah, yeah because it's exhausting. going over and over again and being like it's madhvi it's madhvi cuz usually mm-hmm. like i'll introduce myself and i'm like yeah it's madhvi it's madhvi and then after some point i'll be like you know what just spend more time <laughs> with me eventually we'll get it yeah. and then there's this other part that yeah some section of the world that i come across you know with just don't want to put the effort and Yeah. So, yeah, so many things but definitely when somebody just gets it right or they say madhvi, mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's such a like it's this familiar thing, something that you know and then with the person who is sort of calling you with even like the relationship, you know, mm-hmm. with them is sort of like you sort of know me. Yeah. You know. Uh yeah, just that association I think growing up or people around you your social group mm. how they sort of yeah call you and same with you with like mm. your french you know your french pr- pronunciation of your mm. name and yeah. your relationship with your mom and yeah. yeah just bring so much memory and yeah i would love for someone to like actually research the brain processes of bilingual you know yeah. people There But, there are a few people who are doing that and yeah. there are a few linguists um Anita Pavlenko in particular talks about emotions and multilingualism mm. and her research is really really interesting just in terms of how different parts of us activate in response to different sounds mm. um and there there is a branch of psycholinguistics as well that sort of um and neurolinguistics that sort of exploring these things it's all very cautious because language because language is something that we all use mm-hmm. it's really really um it can be really fraught to sort of make any kind of statement about about this because it gets interpreted and misinterpreted and like travels around the world before you have time to qualify what you mean mm. um because i mean every every couple of months i feel like maybe probably i'm being un- ungenerous but there's there's very frequently these articles about this language doesn't have a word for blah therefore this means that i mean this yeah. this means things and usually these are racist things or weird things or just particularly misguided things yeah um just because this word this this um i mean french doesn't have a word for shallow yeah you think french people don't know what shallow is oh yeah you know yeah. i mean mm. you know like they they know which end of the pool to go yeah. into thank yeah. you it it's just that um we 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 tend to overdo it when we when we start talking about language yeah like suddenly it's just all of the meaning in the world is 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 concentrated in this and it's always never as cut and dried as that it's always more complex yeah so, yeah yeah so i'm always a little annoyed at those articles because it's like this this language doesn't have a word for compassion like i'm pretty sure you'll find people who are compassionate who speak that language of course so uh, and who decides that there is that word like mm. makes me and what are you comparing it to like english mm-hmm. you know <laughs> like what's the uh, like the universal whatever yeah um with that i feel like the i'm i'm just going on with the conversation but mm. i think it's time for a song so let's do that 
What a song. That was Dubne Day by Hassan and Roshan. I am, I don't know, I just can't contain how excited I am for the playlist that Nadia has curated. And Nadia has like so much more to say about, you know, the curated playlist. I feel like I'm just, it's just really nice to, yeah, but that's just, yeah, the Urdu, Hindi, you know, mm. thing here. Uh, but yeah, over to you, Nadia. <laughs> Um, I don't know what to say. I guess like I I I love this song. Like like I said, it's like my when when I need a dopamine hit, like that's this is the song I go to these days. Um, and it's from the Miss Marvel soundtrack. Um, uh, which which in itself, like I I generally am a little resistant to super superhero stuff, but I'm really glad I watched that series. It's so lovely, and and again because there's this so much of that that sort of language mixing in it, and that you know that this this the story of South Asians who migrated to the US and um, and then the sort of the way that this young girl sort of learns about her heritage and her culture and her past and the whole I think partition is 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 handled beautifully mm. like it's a very fraught subject and you know like the emotions run high yeah. and rightly so but um, it's just handled well and then also that the supernatural element and stuff comes from the story of the jinn um mm. which is particularly you know tingly um 
I so want to know about jinn. So want to know. Yeah. What yeah. are jinn? So in Islamic cosmology, the the jinn are beings of smokeless fire. So they were the original creations. Humans came later. Mhm. And um they exist on earth. Um but they're just slightly shifted. So they exist on a different plane in a different dimension to us. Mm. But they're just like us. They just yep. happen to be made made of fire instead of earth like us or clay um and you know they go about their lives they have ha- homes and families and they belong to different religions and just the, the usual thing that everyone else does except they can see us but we can't see them mm. and that's where the creepiness comes in um they because they belong in a different dimension they have powers in ours in in our dimension um and um they're not supposed to interact with humans but sometimes they do sometimes just for fun sometimes for more nefarious purposes mm. um but yeah so that's it's a parallel world of right. oh it so yeah. fascinates me yeah yeah even in our class i think we did talk a lot about jodels and jinns yes <laughs> all the different <laughs> ghouls and things that we have oh my god but yeah but my book is called the jinn hunters yes yeah um, and that's again because like we all grow up with stories of the jin the yep. jin adaga if you yep. do whatever mm-hmm. if you if you if you misbehave yep. and specifically it's about my my dadi my father's mother mm-hmm. um pre-partition when she was a young girl um and her father used to be you know posted and wherever she she and her sister she she has she is one of four sisters mm-hmm. and they used to be told in the afternoons when the adults went to sleep that they shouldn't go climb the trees because there are jinn in the trees and they will get them mm. right and so naturally they decided that as soon as the adults would would, would were asleep they would go climb trees mm. and try to catch a jinn ooh catch a jinn yes <laughs> um because you know why wouldn't you <laughs> yeah um. anyway so um so i ended up writing a ghazal um in english yep. about just 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 the notion of these little girls up in a, in a tree waiting for something magical to happen mm. just yeah i've always loved that story and i used to get her to tell it to me over and over yeah. um and so i sort of wrote ended up writing a ghazal um because i tr- i tried i tried for a long time to write that i i tried a short story i tried different kinds of poetry um more sort of non-fictiony kind of stuff it just didn't work and then some and then i was playing around with the ghazal form and there's something about the cadence of it in mm. english particularly because in english any rhyme can start to sound a little it's unfair to say this because it's not it's not necessarily true for everything but it can start to sound childish or childlike mm-hmm. rather than childish um and so it just became a natural fit Yeah and what is the because I remember mm. um I think you gave Uni Melb Gazel mm. as a genre what yes. is like what is <laughs> I know Gazel I've heard it all yeah, my life yeah. um and yeah we did talk a lot about it but what is Gazel what is like so, a yeah. Gazel which is often referred to as Gazal in English but I can't bring myself to say it that way um it is a um a, a, a poetic form that is originally from arabic derived mm-hmm. from arabic uh, from an even older form than that and then through persian it arrived in south asia and the south asian ghazal is 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 a poem that's consist that 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 consists of couplets mm-hmm. rhymed couplets and there's a repeating rhyme so there's a refrain and then um a, a rhyme 
Um, and the couplets are stories unto themselves. Mm. But told together, they form a, a, a bigger story. They can form a, a bigger story. Yeah. And it's a form that was often used um, for romantic poetry. The Beloved features very heavily. And The Beloved is not usually, it can be a, a real human being, but it's usually an idea, a concept. It can be God, it can be freedom, it can be, you know, protest, whatever mm. it is. And so the, um, but the, but the key is that The Beloved is always cruel because they're unattainable. So Ghazal mm. poetry, and most, most South Asian poetry really is poetry of longing. It is, it right? is. It's about that ache. It is about that ache. Um, but, I mean, my Ghazal is not quite that. It's, it's in, in English, it's taken on its own life. Yes. It's a different form in English, mm. I think. And it, it, it adheres to the same sort of system. Um, so you've got the rhymes and the couplets and the, and the refrain and all of that. Um, but it, it, it doesn't have the same gravitas, that I guess, that it does in, in Urdu and other languages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, I think just that transition from, you know, mm. like Urdu and then English. And, yeah, so much of the work that we write and do and everything that mm. somehow takes a newer form. And it's interesting to, you know, take note of all those things and just reflect on why, what, where. Mm. Um, wow, that's beautiful. I'm actually, yeah, I'm very excited for the Jin Hunter. Also, <laughs> the story Jin Hunter. Yeah. And also the idea of fear and like, you know, older. Because, yeah, my grandma, oh my God, she she's all about like ghost stories, children, oh, yes. like Kala Jadu <laughs> and like yep. whatnot. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's I, so many of those stories. So mm. many of the stories. Even like God, like Hanuman. Mm-hmm. Like the monkey god? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why. I think it's just, yeah, how she interpreted him mm. and then me as a child. And she would yeah do the same thing to me where it's like, oh, you know, um, Hanumanji, Ajayenge and all of that. And I'd be like, what? Like, why are you saying this? Like, we worship and everything. Yeah, I was going to say, but he's but he's friendly. He's, yeah. he's, he's, not, a, he's not one of the more punitive gods. He's nah. um, a generally kindly figure, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, yeah, and he's, like, all about, like, fun and, yeah. you know, like, he is a warrior. Um, mm. And, yeah. When do you think it's going to get published? Um, it's it's in final uh, production at the moment, so mm-hmm. um, soon. Right. <laughs> yeah. And how was it, like, how long have you been working? Cause um, so I started, some of the poems came in bits and pieces, mm-hmm. but then I started writing it in earnest during lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a very um, scattered kind of writer. I will get distracted very easily. But because we were inside the house and because I, I've kind of learned over the years ways to sort of hack the way I work. Mm-hmm. So um, I will leave like um, notepads and pencils ne- near every door, for instance. Mm-hmm. So that, that way, if I've got words in my head, I can write them down before I steps through the door and forget about it true um and so a lot of the poems came together that way like just just bits and pieces because sometimes I feel like I'm just surrounded by text there's always text or words sort of floating around me and most of the time I don't notice it gets kind of like white noise but every now and again like they'll ping a bit Mm. brighter shine a bit brighter and then I kind of pick them out and write them down yeah so I feel like the text is always present I'm just choosing choosing bits to write down yeah and so that's how um 
and because I was in one building for most of the time, mm. I, I ended up writing most of it then. Wow, oh my God, yeah. great. <laughs> yep, so yeah, Gin Hunters it is. And what, what languages are you using? Because you're like so many things. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm still, I feel like I'm sitting here and I'm like listening and I how I know you is in the classroom environment. <laughs> and we are sitting in the studio and I'm really excited and like all these things and I'm just trying to sort of, you know, compartmentalize it in mm-hmm. this big box. But uh, Gin Hunters, back to Gin Hunters. Um, so it, the languages in it, it's, it's mostly in English. Mm-hmm. It's, being, it's being published here um, by um, Rabbit. Um, and I do use um, Urdu and bits of Punjabi and some Farsi in it. Um, the Farsi is, is just a, a quote from Hafiz um, that I saw in an exhibition that made me write a poem about my other grandmother. The one who speaks Persian. Yeah. Um, and um, otherwise, yeah, like I, I, I write a lot about language, about language itself. Um, and I do use different sort of, like in um, Pirajo, I, I sing, um, I use different, like it's it's, it's um, Urdu and Brajbhasha and Hindi mm-hmm. as well and Punjabi. Mm. But they're sort of individual words from all those languages. Yeah. Um, and also because those those words are all used interchangeably when we talk. Yeah, for sure. You know, like we, we like it it it, it um, like we share those words across the languages. Like yes. they are originally from these specific languages, yes. but we all use them. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. Interesting. So a bit of that. Punjabi and Urdu. Yeah, mm. imagining that. Yeah, what's your yeah. relationship with Punjabi? Uh, Punjabi, I was not taught to speak it, but I am uh, Punjabi, or at least my part of my heritage is is Punjabi, um, and I've heard it all my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but we weren't taught to speak it. My my father speaks it fluently. My mother can speak it, but chooses not to. Um, yeah, there's a there's part a part of my family that chooses not to speak Punjabi because the Punjab was the um, province that was split mm-hmm. in partition, mm-hmm. right? And so there was for a time this movement to um, stay away from um, ethnic loyalties and you know the, the the project of Pakistan and sort of be be Pakistani before you are everything else and all of that. Mm-hmm. And that one of the ways that that's always done across like, around the world is linguistically. So the encourage, people were encouraged to speak Urdu rather than their native languages or their home languages. Mostly, that's the not that's not really a thing anymore, um, or at least it's not a deliberate thing. But a lot of people stopped speaking Punjabi or didn't teach their children Punjabi in other languages so that they could participate in this yeah. build, country building or whatever. Mm. So so that's that's a bit sad. But the thing is, Punjabi is too old and too strong to actually be lost. Yeah. I, I think. I mean, I, I I don't think it's in any danger, yeah. um, but it is sort of culturally considered less that less than like all the other languages are considered less than Urdu. Yeah. Urdu is like the fancy language, right? Yeah. Um, and so there's there's a little bit of contentiousness, but I mean, I can sing in Punjabi. I can mm-hmm. understand Punjabi. Yeah. Um, it's a very. I mean, it's 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 characterized as a very rude language, but I it's a very loving language as far as I'm concerned. Like it's always, I've always been spoken to kindly in Punjabi. Hmm. So and I can, I can't really speak it. I'm not very good at it. Um, I try, but then you know. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a I think a beautifully rich and vibrant language. It's got so much poetry and the Sufi poetry is in it, and I you know got to know Bulisha and mm-hmm. um, you know there's a whole bunch of Sufi writing and poetry and all of that through it. Um, but it's 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 very much for me like the language of the soil and the language of like the, it's in the soil, it's in the air, it's everywhere. It's mm. just. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the language, at least of the Punjab, obviously. The, the, the same is true of Balochi and Sindhi and, uh, and Saraiki and all, all the other languages um, and Pashto. And yeah, so it's just that, that sort of, yeah, it's a, I, I, I have a lot of love for Punjabi in, mm. in a, way, a lot of affection for the language. Wow, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, I'm just mm. thinking about how, like, all these historical things change the way people like their relationship mm. to their languages yeah uh, which is like partition changed so many things yeah. it just changed everything for mm. even our realities which is right now you know mm. um and yeah and then thinking if me because i feel like currently india is going through this thing of mm. hindi supremacy yeah so it's like you know hindu supremacy but then with that is also this hindi thing yeah where um it's like hi half the continent does not speak hindi what are you talking about yeah. <laughs> like south india exists it's exactly <laughs> yeah yeah and oh yeah and tamil tamil is older than sanskrit absolutely so uh you know if you want to go back to the origins then tamil is where you need to go not not sanskrit and whatnot totally totally yeah. and yeah it's it's funny how mm. uh in my case pahari mm. which is like pahari is beautiful in itself mm-hmm. just like saying a greeting would be like kishe ho dal karu ke ke chal rahe you know the sound yeah. of it is so beautiful yeah. and my grandma who is pretty much the last speaker in our family like my parents do speak but to each other Hmm. they never spoke to us and i yeah maybe it was just like how they sort of moved from the village hmm. but my grandma grew in the village spent her time in the village and that's how people talked there hmm. um and yeah with their move the you know like uh, the their social circle changed so they had to start of speaking in hindi mm. and now i go home and yeah it's my grandma and we try learning you know a word here and there and sometimes so many words that i know are in pahari and then some of them are in hindi and then some are in english but then yeah and then writing in english um which is yeah it blows my mind cuz my vocabulary I think this it's very limited mm-hmm. but then the words that I've also picked are from so many places like I was in India during covid and mm. going back I was listening to people talk in English and like you know in mm. the urban settings everyone's talking in the urban settings everyone talks in English and their version of English was very americanized mm. and just listening to that I'm like oh my god like what is this happening but also your yeah, colonization and then americanization and like so many things all together happening um and then going to uni where so many words that are picked were like academic mm-hmm. in you know but then even with australia like i've been here i moved in 2017 and uh in total i've only been here for like 4 years and the slangs and the local mm-hmm. lingo i don't know that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah as a writer thinking of 
also as a person who speaks English or thinking of the world and how they frame good English. <laughs> and because for me, coming from most of it is, you know, experience based or all the observations that I've made in the world. Um, but yeah, like there are people who speak, socialize in English and then there are people who read, write, socialize in English and that's their thing. And then there are people like me where nobody in the family speaks English mm. and uh, they go to their central school, which is a convent where you are fined if you speak in Hindi. So like you love Hindi and you know, that's just your comfort. But then it's just like, oh, for school and stuff, you have to speak English. And then you have like one Hindi subject all through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's a regional language, which is great. I wish we were given more options. Yeah. Uh, I was given the option to learn Punjabi. So I read and write in Punjabi. Wonderful. Um, yeah. So I don't speak in Punjabi. I completely mm. understand it. Um, and yeah, and then thinking, because when I write, I sit down, I have this memory or this thing in my brain and in my body, and I'm like writing that feeling. But then I also have my Google search, which would say, another word for this you know and like while I write I learn new words Mm. but then there's this thing with accuracy or the sound of the sentence or you know how the sentence sounds and that's where I'll think of like I'll find these three words and then find the perfect one but then sometimes it's also the softness of the sentence and just like so many things and it's really interesting just sort of taking note of that and thinking that oh my god like it's interesting that socializing in English, I pretty much learned here. Mm. And then reading and writing in English, that's the only way I read and write. Mm. And then there's Hindi, which is a language where I speak and where, you know, I, I write that and I read it. But over the time with how I was educated, mm. I haven't, I don't read Hindi novels or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. articles or books. And yeah, just how that changes with yeah your social space and movement and so it's interesting let's move on to a song what's the next song on your playlist Nadia okay so um this is by uh, a singer called Vidya Vox and I um it's in Tamil so I don't really know how to pronounce it but it's I think Kutnatan which um I profoundly apologize for that pronunciation (laughs) Homeland, singing the da 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 da
about tours with your books. Oh my god, I remember growing up and listening to with your books. So cool. Yeah, thank you. I love I'm loving your playlist. <laughs> I'm glad. And I love I love this song in particular because I think this is the first song of hers that I heard or maybe the second. And I loved the idea of taking a folk melody like this because um, it's a Carolyn Boat song from from memory. Um, so so um, that all, all of that is the original song, and then all the bits in English uh, have been sort of built around it. Mm. So it's a sort of and you know being being that she's also a migrant and she's also sort of you know grew up in the U.S. I think, um, and so is sort of learning and that 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 connection with culture and going back and the way that certain songs and melodies and things sort of they they remind us of something. Oh, for sure. Even if we haven't experienced that thing, Mm-mm. for some somehow they carry a kind of, I suppose, a generational memory or something. There's mm. there's a resonance to them that um, you can't really explain. You can't. But it just, you know, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love that. I love the way that it's sort of expressed. And the video is also really worth watching. Wow. Because um, oh, yeah. I think you, she's she's got um, Gucci Bri dancers. Um, accompanying her and it's just beautiful wow that's so that's so beautiful Mm. yeah yeah I loved how you said that yeah the feeling can't be but it's just like something generational and like in you I don't know yeah just really hard to yeah yeah yeah. and and the funny thing is that I feel I feel that way about this song even though I have no connection to Carol I have no connection to this boat song I'd never heard it before I heard her Mm. and but the sentiment in the song is familiar for me it would be Punjabi songs you know, yes. but I understand what she's talking about. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. A few weeks ago, I was thinking of, you know, like beauty mm. and like romance and like all forms of art and music that comes from our culture or like mm. various cultures. But yeah, it's it's so interesting because with beauty, I don't think beauty is like one thing where, yeah, I don't know how you would translate that like the feeling of appreciation Mm. um because yeah like in south asian culture there are so many things like jewelry for example and i'm big on like bangles and like anklets and you know bindi and like Mm -hmm. nose ring and kajal like Mm. eyeliner eyeliner is nothing it's like kajal you know and so many so many other whatever we wear gold especially the Mm. oh yeah gold the relationship with gold that is entirely Particularly, yeah. yeah, women in gold. My my grandmother um, was mugged um, when she was walking. Um, she was in her sixties, and she had just a couple of like gold bangles mm-hmm. on. Nothing like not not fancy jewelry, but just again because gold is just a normal yeah. thing to wear. Absolutely. Um, and this guy stepped out of the bushes and points a gun at her and says, "Hand it over," and she punched him. Hmm. <laughs> I know of another of an aunt of mine who was mugged in New York because she was wearing she was wearing quite a lot of gold and she refused to give it up either. And yeah. and the guy had a knife and they they grappled and he dropped the knife or she got the knife away from him. Um so he he bit her and ran away. Yeah. She had to have um rabies shots. But the bottom line is you do not get between a South Asian woman and her gold. No, never. It's not, not going to happen. Never. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> Even comparing ghee with gold Mm. like ghee is so yeah. for my grandma oh my god gold is important and then it's ghee, ghee like oh. the next thing and she makes her own ghee and just her habits it's so interesting yeah. it's the stuff of life it's the base for everything you eat the, yeah. how you nourish your family 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and then thinking of this all jumbled up mm. experiences and memory and, you know, family and love and attachment and relationships mm. and, yeah, romance and Bollywood music or, like, <laughs> Hindi music or, yeah, I don't know, your own music and the way you fall in love, listening to that music and even thinking of, like, me growing up <laughs> reading. I know I read such books. I should have read better books, but... Reading like Nicholas Sparks or <laughs> Daniel Steele, even though I love how Daniel Steele writes, like yeah. Daniel Steele writes amazingly. Mm. Um, and there's nothing with them as writers, but mm. you know, I mean, Nicholas Sparks and The Notebook and all of that. And I don't know, that, that's not my story. That's mm. not how I fall in love, you know, yeah. or I will ever, I don't think, I mean, I might try. And I think that just is a thing with, uh, you know, our countries where, uh, there's so much like we are I don't know we're so colorful I love that because mm. it's like there's our culture which has uh, gone through so much transition over so many periods of time mm. and then there's a uh, current our scenario where we yeah social spaces what we consume American films and then English and just so many things and it's just like like I don't know I feel like it's really easy for us to uh like the cultural intelligence like mm. us relating with someone who doesn't speak our language or someone who speaks english or is their mm. world that sort of a thing but on the opposite end imagine like i mean i would love if we if people watch you know a hindi film mm. and people fall in love and it's like mm. so musical and like everything is like that and mm people at least like I, I would love if just for like a minute or a second if somebody could look at at an Indian person and appreciate their beauty as it is mm -hmm. but that's just something which is yeah the complexity of it and the complexity with like music and yeah. everything that makes us where I yeah I don't think I think it might take a lifetime for someone to at least be able to like understand and just like grasp, mm. you know, the essence or the feeling of it. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. Some things are very, I don't know, very like bodily and like, mm. like physical and, you know, memory and just, uh, yeah, so many things. It's yeah. beautiful. It is. I think that there's a lot of value in being known, certainly. But I think also in, being given the space to not be known as well, mm. if that makes sense. Like there's there's a um there's a sense that you have to explain everything about yourself that can get mm. exhausting. Yes. Um mm. and sometimes it's nice to be allowed to just be and to not have to explain. It's like this is just a thing I do. It's just a thing I do. Don't worry mm. about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, go learn about it if you want to learn about it, but don't don't ask me. No. <laughs> Do your own research. Absolutely. Um and and or or just learn on the job as it were. <laughs> yeah. But you don't have to have that, you know. That that sort of when we talk about cultural competence sometimes, um it's not really about having all the knowledge. It's about an attitude or a stance of curiosity. Mm -hmm. And not Curiosity is also dangerous because um, particularly when it is given given power structures and all of that, it, 
the objective of, curi- of of curiosity is also something that one should watch out for because is is it there's that sort of this acquisitive curiosity that is about tell me this thing about you so I can put it in my little sack of knowledge or information mm. and then trot, trot it out when like oh I know somebody who and they and you know I, I know somebody yeah. from this place and they're like this therefore so it, it's that kind of extractive relationship which do you mean yes. most colonized countries have with the west right I mean they've they've, they've um, where they haven't like moved in the way they have in Australia they have extracted our resources and culture and spices and whatnot so and it's that extractive curiosity acquisitive that I find disturbing where mm. it's sort of you feel like you're being collected. Mm, That's can. not fun. But yeah. if it's more a sort of... Uh, there, there is a different kind of curiosity. Uh, there's a different kind of a way of asking, I think, For sure. that is possible. And that, and again, I mean, I've grown up traveling, Mm-mm. right? I'm, I'm a third culture kid. It, it's, you know, you always, um, you're always with people from somewhere else. Mm. And so... There, the question, where are you from, isn't why, why don't you look like me? It's, do we have something in common? Hmm. Right? Like you ask where someone is from in order to find a connection, not in order to create distance or to categorize or, you know, decide, ah, this is the box you belong in and walk away. Mm. Does that make sense? Yep. So, yeah. I mean, like, I, 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 whenever a white person asks me where, where are you from or an Anglo-Australian asks me that, there's a certain, there is a question. There is, there is, there is another question behind that. Mm. Um, and there is also when, when a person of colour asks me that, but there the question is more what do we have in common? Yep, yeah, true. Oh, yeah. You know, are you kin? Yeah. So in one way, it's like when um, when a person of color asks you, they're saying, "Are you kin?" Mm-hmm. And when a white person asks you, they're saying, "Why are you not kin? Mm-hmm. How are you not kin?" Yeah. Well, clearly, you are not. Yeah. So explain yourself. Yeah. So that's and I think that that's encoded in the way the world is as well. I don't think that it's necessarily um, something that can be helped. Yeah. Because you are who you are. You're born into the skin you're born into. Yep. And. You, the way you interact with humans is going to be, to some extent, determined by that, whether you want it or not. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's a difficulty, but it's I think it's something that can be got around. Mm. But we have to be conscious of it. And that was session one of What You Seek is Seeking You with Nadia Nias. We'll be back in four weeks, again at Writing Home, continuing our talk. In the meantime... Please follow Satellite Skies. Feel free to text on Satellite Skies if you have any music recommendations, if there's a writer who would like to be a part of this, if you have ideas for me, if you have any advice for me, if you want to remind me of something. I love reminders. And thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in four weeks. Thank you. Bye-bye.